Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jeline. And today we're talking about Saul's topic is favorite gaming system. Right. And the grand winner is, actually, there's no grand winner. As I was trying to figure this out, I figured out that I don't have a favorite gaming system, mainly because there are different reasons why I like some gaming systems over others. He asked me the question and I went, okay, you can tell me whatever your favorite gaming system is, but I like to roll different kinds of dice for different things. Right. So I was... I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about the polyhedrals when I was picking my list or thinking about it. Because right off the top of my head, the latest greatest for me has been Year Zero's engine. And it's different varieties. And it's different varieties. So for me, when I was thinking about it, I I'm really loved the idea of Tales from the Loop because of of all kinds of factors. One of them is the simplicity of it. The it's a dice pool game. It's D6s. Everybody everybody understands what a D6 is. Everybody's familiar with a D6. We talked about it before. And you add your skill plus your attribute. You add that number, and that's how many D6s you roll, and all you need is a six to succeed. Very easy, very easy to explain the system. Very easy to make a character. And as I said in the past, Tales from the Loop is the only game so far in the 30 years that I've been running games at conventions, gaming conventions, that I make characters at the table. Okay. And the reason that is because usually you can make them like 15 minutes or less. If you have all these handouts that I make, which are all the archetypes, and I have maybe two copies of the archetypes, and there's maybe, oh man, I don't remember, but there's like eight or ten archetypes that you can use to make a character. And they're basically almost made characters what it does is helps you focus uh, or or pick out what kind of character you want to make and like i said it takes 15 minutes to make a character for a whole table to make characters and i think that's pretty valuable in a role-playing game especially at a convention so it's a dice pool system right it also has mechanic each each one of those has a different mechanic for in Savage Worlds is called a binny, right? Right. And what do they call Well, I know in Alien, it is your stress. Right. So you can add dice to... Add dice or remove dice? Add dice. Well, they call it a push mechanic? Yes, push. That's what it's called. Well, and so and they all have the same basic fundamental idea of how many dice to roll, or it's a dice pool of, of some sort. And then they all have the add attribute to skill, and I'm talking about all the year zero engine games and or new or new year zero engine games. And what happens is, is that uh, if you roll a six on any of those, you succeed. But all of them have a different push mechanic to illustrate the differences in the each genre of game. For um, Tales from the Loop, it's you get tired, right? You get tired or you get mental stress. Yeah. And... And and you're playing kids, right? You're playing, and you're playing in my book, little kids. You're playing well. You're playing eleven to fourteen year olds, tweens, fifteen year olds, I believe, fifteen because tweens yeah, and early teens. Yes, and so you're playing these kids, and it is very. Uh, it's part of the game that your kids cannot get killed, 
which they is, can get tired, which yeah. is the way that that age is, right? They're great, 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 great. And then they're really crappy because they're hungry and tired. They're hungry. They're tired. They're, and by crappy, I mean they're whiny and stuff and want to lay down. The, there's all kinds of conditions they can have. And once all the conditions are exhausted, so is the kid. They're out of play until they can regain some of those. They need to take a nap, sleep through the night. Or have a talk with an adult that they care about. So there's all these things that a lot give you stress, and there's ways of alleviating stress in Tales from the Loop, and it's all all very innocent. It is uh, probably another reason I like it so much because it hits that nostalgic vibe for me because it's based in the '80s. It is uh, it is a kids' game. It's also an investigation game, which I really like investigation games. I mean, I think for me at a con and at a even at home, investigation games are probably my favorite now because it's not so much centered around violence or or violent or killing encounters. It's much a different vibe for me, and I think it just you use your brain more when you're investigating. And it's neat when players come up with all these ideas of how to figure out things. And I I most I like those games a lot. So it's you know it is a, an investigation game. It's eighties. They it hit all the the right things about about how the eighties were, but also what they do is just not just an eighties game, but it's also they add a little bit of the fantastic with super science and stuff, robots. Uh, There's other um, Year Zero engines. I mean, games. Yeah, yeah. But I think Tales from the Loop for me is the probably the the, the pinnacle for ease of play and everything else yeah Coriolis is in in, in this uh, there's also other dice pool systems right which kind of kind of throws me for a loop sort of right <laughs> such a dark <laughs> so when I was thinking of Tales from Loop and I was thinking dice pool systems I'm like well there's Shadowrun is a dice pool system it is and it is quite fun the though it's a very crunchy system though it is very crunchy even though it's a simple you add it you add an attribute and you add a skill and that's how many dice you roll yeah right it's it's almost the exact same as tales from loop but is it as easy as tales from loop absolutely not because every different every different what is it yawn <laughs> sorry every different uh, character type character type or every different action is a different system for fighting it's a different system magic it's a different system hacking oh, it's not a different system i mean it's a different it's a different it's the same system there's a it's a dice pool it is a dice pool but how you arrange, how you put them together how you put them together and there's all these rules of of Especially with magic and stuff, and magic and uh, what is the other one? A technomancer. You gotta uh, you gotta figure out how much force you're gonna use, so, which is I believe is a very cool aspect of that game. You get to add, you get to decide how much force the spell is gonna have. You choose it yourself. It's not like right. you're saying, "Well, I'm gonna throw this fifth level spell." You're saying, "I'm gonna use a force of six, and that could actually kill me so, or knock you out." Right. Yeah. So uh, what happens is you control the spell but then depending on the strength of the spell well it doesn't matter how the strength depending on the strength of the spell that's if, how many dice you have to roll <clears throat> to see if you're gonna 
how, how, what you're going to do to yourself, how tired you're going to be, right. if you're going to have consequences. So each dice pool for doing a mad, doing magic in Shadowrun, the, the force that you use adds dice to be able to do greater damage, but it also adds dice to be able to, resist. to cause you pain. To resist the, they, they call it. To resist the. Like burning out. Yeah. It's the same for Technomancers. It's the same for, um. Isn't it the same for for Deckers, where they there's they have to, do they have to do a, an opposing role to it? Or? Well, Deckers is a little bit different again, and that's why it's a lot more complicated than Tales from the Loop. And that's what I mean by every every different thing that you do in Shadowrun, it has its own system because it works sort of the same. You're still rolling attribute, you're still rolling plus your skill, but there's all kinds of things that you have to think about when you run it. So. Though it is a dice pool system, it is D6 based, just like Tales from the Loop. I think it falls further down in the favorite system because oh, I don't know it's about more that. complicated. I think a lot of people like complicated. Yeah. For me, I would say I like both of those systems. I like both of those two different kinds of dice pool systems. I like the complicated one because it's fun to watch the people at the table doing the math in their head and, and yeah, talking to Do you to like doing other. it? I don't have to. I, I can just, li- I either have it written down if nobody's going to explain it to me, boy explain it to me, but um, the boys love to to get into that aspect of it, right? To How crunch the numbers. To crunch the numbers and figure out, you know, if I do this, I get to add these dice, but it's going to do this to me. I, I might get hit harder, that kind of thing. They love that. So I can see the benefits of both of those systems, both of those dice pools. I like dice pool systems, and I think those are two great examples of complicated and non-complicated. I will give you that. And even in the Year Zero engine, the diff- there's different games that come out. Uh, Coriolis is a little bit more complicated than Tales from the Loop. Uh, Alien is also a Year Zero engine, and it's a little bit more complicated than Tales from the Loop. And then they have, then they kind of tweak the rules a little bit. And instead of just using D6 dice pools, they just use the polyhedral dice and they just use two dice instead of a handful of dice. Now, I've only played Blade Runner and there's another one called Twilight 2000 that uses almost the same system with just single dice, single die types. Or you use two, you throw two dice, but there's only one single one for your attribute and one for your skill. And I like it because there's not so many dice hitting the table, but at the same time, it doesn't feel as satisfactory as throwing a bunch of dice. But at the same time, I like the use of the polyhedral, so I'm kind of torn between that kind of system. I think the die, the dipole system from the six side dipole system for me is. Just a little bit more satisfying seeing a few dice hit the table. Well, if you want to talk about polyhedral dice, I think we should <laughs> first we should talk about the. I know I was going to go with a different one, but I want to go with the two d twenty systems. Two d twenty. Wow, I didn't about that one. I like I like because it's got Star Trek, um, Conan. Um, what's the other one? Mutant that, Chronicles. Mutant Chronicles. Now Dune. Um, and also John Carter from Mars. John Carter from Mars. And all of those games, the 2D20 system is really fun. I like the 2D20 system. I like the, they also have a, a push mechanic where you give your dice 
if you do really good, you can put one of your dice into the, the momentum the, pool. The momentum pool right. for everybody to use. I totally forgot about that one. I hadn't even thought about it when I was thinking of polyhedral dice. So let's move on. Another reason I like systems is because I like the polyhedral dice. I mean, when I first started playing D&D, they used polyhedral dice. And back then, it was a little bit harder to get. They were crappy dice, usually. But I still have that joy of rolling a D12, a D10, from D4 to D20. I love all those dice. I never really get into, like, Dungeon Crawl Classics that uses, like, a D30, a D24. I'm not even sure there's a shape for that. But anyway, but they have all these different kinds of dice because they really go into the, st- the up a die step. So Well, D&D, the D&D system with the polyhedral dice has to be one of my favorite because I love yes. all the different dice. When I talk D&D, I'm talking about every incarnation of yes. D&D, every edition, except for fourth because I never played it. But I figure it functions almost the same way as every other D&D game. Obviously, there's some people that love it, some people hate it. But for the most part, it stays, well, for the most part in my book, it stays at D&D at the core. You're rolling D20 to hit. There's different die types for damage. The D12 for a, like a long sword or two-handed sword. And, and D6s for daggers or darts or whatever. So you're just using all those d those polyhedral dice and it has still has the same basic game mechanic you're rolling d20 you're rolling against armor class you're rolling say against saves for spells and stuff like that and all these other things so that basic idea doesn't change now i know a lot of people don't like the idea of how they change the rules on it and it's more like a miniature game trying to appeal to people who play computer games and all sort of stuff it didn't matter i never really played it i don't even own a single book of it so you're talking about um, fourth, fourth edition. edition, but it's still D and D. You still have the multitude of polyhedrals that you use. So I'm going to include it in there, even though I never played it and never really read it. I got I got a lot of flack for for what it tried to do, but, but I know people really enjoy it. But the system we're talking about the system. yeah, but the basic system is still D and D. So uh, for me, the polyhedral dice is all about D and D. I love playing. I love rolling those dice. So for me, D and D is still one of my favorite game systems i i do too i like rolling the i like knowing the ac or whatever number you have to hit and rolling my d20 to try to hit it right and then knowing what happens afterwards i get to roll other dice to do damage or right sometimes you have to do a a wisdom check and you have to roll certain you know you have to get different things you were telling me that you really like the idea of the d4s because it i do a magic missile magic missile one of my favorite spells you get to roll the d4 to when you when you hit you get to roll the d4 for the damage oh they automatically hit too that's a fun fun part of the magic missile i think magic missile is probably able every magic user's favorite spell from the very beginning because it was the only one that magic users can throw and effectively always be able to do damage because sometimes not very much damage but you can do damage. yeah it's just, sometimes they would get like a spell save so they can save for half or even mm-hmm. save to not get hit by your spell so a beginning magic user magic missile is like the the one to have yeah so D&D still sits pretty well in my book as far as a one of my favorite game systems because of polyhedros. But you mentioned the 2D20 system, and you're right. I really like the system. I think 
each game that is uses that is a little bit different. Like John Carter from Mars is probably the easiest one to use, and Conan and let's say Mutant Chronicles is probably the hardest ones to use because there's all these uh, rules that are attached to playing the game. I think that has to do with the IPs, right? For for those like like Conan, there's things that they wanted they wanted you to to have to do, right? To, to try to emulate, to, to, yeah, yes. to, to to come out as a Conan adventure, right? Correct. And I think Conan was first. I'm pretty sure. I always get this confused. Either that or Mutant Chronicles, but I think it was Conan. And then Mutant Chronicles came out, and Mutant Chronicles kind of t- was tweaked for a more science fiction game, right? And then Star Trek. Star Trek is obviously based on the Star Trek universe. And you really liked that when we were doing the playtesting for it before it came out. And I really liked it. I really thought it, it did well. And the whole idea of the... Of the I like it because it's 2D20s, right? Yeah. Everything is, is 2D20s. And I like that. And the plus then you get the momentum pool. The momentum pool, I think, is the real... What is it? The heart of that game. Because it... It is that thing that, let me explain what the momentum pool is, right? So when you when you try to succeed something, you need to get so many successes. And sometimes you get more successes than you need. So you could give up, you could use those extra extra hits. And you can give that successes. dice into the momentum pool. Or, or you could use them. You could use them and get extra damage or get an extra effect. Or you could put them in a, in a, in a dice pool. And what that does is that it saves that D twenty that D twenty. It basically saves that D twenty for for you to use later. But it goes into a pool that is is available to everybody, all the players in your game. So other players can add to that D dice pool and the momentum pool. And I think depending on the game, it can be it can have as many as five or six dice at any one time. And what happens is. As you add dice to the momentum pool, it's going to have extra dice in there for other people to use. And what happens is when you really need to succeed, like... You got to cross that bridge. You know, <laughs> you know, Scotty has to realign those those uh, the lithium crystals or the spaceship is going to blow up. You, you need your, you your gotta shields make, to you, stay you on. You really need to succeed. And you don't want to gamble of not succeeding because the result is the explosion of the ship. So you can add, you can take dice from the the momentum pool, momentum pool, and add them to your throw, and it increases your chances of succeeding. So that's that, really neat. And it's really it's a really great component because you would think that you would be able to succeed, but sometimes you can't. Right? Sometimes you just it's not going to happen, and you really do need to share those momentum dice with people because... Or you don't want to risk not, it, not, not yeah. getting a success. Yeah. Because yeah. no matter what, when you're rolling the dice, you, there's a chance that you're not going to roll well. And there's one. There's also the same... It was within that whole idea of the momentum pool, you could also give the dungeon master, the dungeon master, the GM in this case, a... They call them in, in uh, Conan Doom. Yes. And basically, it's a chit that they can use to like thwart your character in game. Which is really hard. And, and that's one of the things about Conan is that you really have to do stuff right. So you end up giving Doom points or Doom dice to the. Well, I call them, we use chips. So. To, to the 
GM. GM. And um, then you never know when they're going to come back and their guys aren't doing well or they want to throw something else at you or or yes. you're not going to succeed. Or they want to act first. Yes. a good one. Yeah. And so what happens is it is this game currency that goes back and forth sometimes. Because sometimes the GM will give you, he goes, I want to give you this complication. Or, yeah. I'll, yes, I want to give you this complication I'll give you a a doom chip. It wouldn't be a doom chip. It'd be like a, a like a Benny of some sort. And and I think that that itself is pretty cool. Some people don't like the idea of this out this game mechanic currency, but I like it because it kind of mimics that idea of saving your bacon when chances are really bad, right? In, and also in, in games in in stories, yeah, in books and movies where the hero or heroine, you know, just hits that. Hits that uh, that lever that uh, opens the cages with their knife or something. It gives you that kind of a uh, win, and it also gives you the idea that anything can happen at any time because the the GM can use those doom, <laughs> yeah, the doom, does, yeah. right? He can right. Use it. And and though though the GM could use that at can do anything they want basically, but when you when he has that stack of doom and he takes this one doom yeah. chip off his stack. And puts it down on the table and says, "I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do this to your to your character, or I'm going to take the initiative and stuff." There's a reason why it's not just some arbitrary, right? You know, you gave him all this doom, and you see that you see the the if you're using the chips, you yeah. see them sitting there. Right? Yeah, you see them sitting there, like start sweating. And but the the reason I think my my brother runs a good Conan game is because he uses those chips. Yeah, and he in in his game. Uh, in his Conan game at the con, he had like a pile of chips and then he started using them and he was just like, the player's like, oh, every time he reached for that, that pile, like who gave him all those chips? They were yelling at each other. It was pretty funny and pretty funny. So I, I really liked, I liked the momentum pool a lot and I liked the, the they call it different different names, but the Doom mechanic. Yeah. Uh, the Doom pool, the, yeah, the, chips or whatever you want to call it i think it looks work and it's a 2d20 system you're always throwing two 20 side dice to succeed and it's a roll under right yeah you add your attributes your, plus your skill that gives you a number that you have to roll under pretty neat i really like that one i had not i had forgotten completely about the 2d 2d20 system i think the other system you were going to talk about was percentile systems ah yes i really like the idea of percentiles because you rolling a D one hundred, right? It's a you get trying to get a, a number between one and one hundred, and that, that could you could have a D one hundred die. They exist. They're I don't think they're real viable because they roll forever, right? Because they're basically like a tennis ball. No, they're pretty big, like a golf ball, yeah. like a big golf ball, and every little dip, dimple mm -hmm. is a number. But most people just use a two D tens, and one's marked as the as the tens and the other ones, the, sing the singles. I've only played in two percentile systems. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu and Space Opera. Right. And Call of Cthulhu, there's another uh, system that is also made by that company called uh, Rune... Well, I don't know if they're made by... But they used to put out RuneQuest, which is also a D100 system. And the reason I say I like the D100 system, percentile system, because it's just that. When you tell somebody you have a 50% chance of success, 
they can understand that very clean, clearly, whether they've ever played a role-playing game or not. You have a 90% chance of success. They're like, oh, wow, I got a good chance. You have a 5% chance of success. You're like, oh, those chances are so good, aren't they? <laughs> so, I mean, it just flat out, there's no trying to figure out, well, this or that. There's just everybody can understand that. Now, whether whether you really it's really that easy to roll that number that you need to roll. I don't know. I'm not a statistician. Statistician. Or into statistics to be able to throw you that. Or not even statistics. It's also a probability. Probability. Which, you know, makes my head spin. I really do like that system. I played Call of Cthulhu a few times and it does work really well. I I really do like it. And uh, of course my character really sucked usually. It was only a few elements that she was good at. Well, luckily, it was Call of Duty games so he was good at really like history and stuff like that since he was a history professor. And he had some pretty good numbers. He couldn't lift anything or fight or worth a lick. But hey. There you go. You're not going to fight Cthulhu monsters out there. So that's the percentile system it's pretty right. it, it sounds easy it depends on the game well yeah yeah it sounds easy but like space opera kind of makes it a little bit more complicated uh, well space opera has charts and all kinds of different <laughs> things right so it's not, okay i was gonna say it doesn't really have charts but yes it does so but still it doesn't matter because it's a percent it's a it's the 100 d100 so you know someone's gonna tell you and i always ask am i supposed to roll over or under that's all i need to know and tell me what the number is because basically that's what i need to know is between one and a hundred and i need to know what i'm rolling usually it's under it seems to me i have not seen a d100 system where you have to roll over but i'm sure they exist just to be (laughs) odd The other system that would be the 2D6 system. Right. And for for the longest time, I hated Traveler, right? For the longest time. He associated all 2D6 systems with Traveler. Well, that's all there was, really. I, I, don't, I don't remember anything else using 2D6. But then there came the explosion of the SRD and people using, uh, it became like, uh, I don't know what it is, but I don't know what happened. I think there was this idea that, that you couldn't, well, no, not this idea, but you cannot cop, you cannot copyright game mechanics, and what that is, that means is as long as you don't use any original ideas or written words, you can use two any any dice mechanic to make a game. You don't have to have permission. There's no copyright on that, so you can do it. But then they figured out, well, we can just let people do it. And give them, what is it, the rights to do it or permission, even though they don't really need it. But I think it made, the, the, what the OGL caused this explosion and other people looking at different systems and saying, I want to try to build a game around it. And I, that and sort of that's what happened with, with Liminal, right? It uses a 2D6 system. I really like the way Paul Michener wrote that book. It makes it easy to understand. When you read Traveler, the original Little Black Books, we not recently within the last few years we played in a traveler game where we had to make characters and i remember it being this real simple process but when i was reading the books it was so confusing i was like no wonder people thought we were strange it was a very hard it was very hard to understand the way these books were made and and i we talked about it when we talked about traveler in an episode where people back in the 80s 
didn't know how to write a rule book, right? It was just trial by error. You just presented all that information and hopefully people understood it. Original D&D is very much like that also. I tried reading the, the little three books and it is kind of confusing a little bit. So we were trying to make characters and we're like, what does this mean? <laughs> I go, well, I can't believe it's so complicated. So I read this, like, I forget what paragraph it was and what was it about. And we're like, I have no idea what that means. So I think that 40 years of uh, people writing rule books. The rules have gotten better. Rules have gotten much clearer and easier to understand. Even uh, as, as an aside, we were talking about carbon gray. And he, that uses the D6 system that was used in Star Wars. And the person, the person who did a review of it, who had played the D6 system, I've never played it. I own the anniversary edition, but I've never really looked at the rules. That person said that after reading Carbon Gray rules, which is the same system, and they tweaked it a little bit, it is much easier to understand how to play and run the D6 system from Star Wars, from reading the Carbon Gray. And that has to do with, like I said... That was the 30th anniversary edition, and that was a few years ago. So you're talking about older older uh, games being more difficult to understand simply because there was just no manual on how to ro- run or write a role-playing game rules. And, yeah, it can be very complicated. Right. I think the, the, the 2D6 system, besides Liminal, which is a great game, there's... Feng Shui uses 2D6, right? right. No, well, it uses 2D6, but... But one is good and one is bad. One is negative and one is positive. And that is, like, really simple, right? I really like the simplicity of that. Some people may not because it's not... The sixes also explode. Yes, and <laughs> but it, some people think it's just too simple, right? It's just too arbitrary. There's no, you know, there's no way to hack or, or number crunch, what do you call it? You don't it? really need to, though. And and thank you. That's true. That's true. So it's a totally different game. It's an over the top type of the game. Uh, characters are doing things, uh, f- amazing. I consider things. it to be a two D six system because you <laughs> use two D six. But then that's just me. Yes, yes. It's not a two D six system, but it is. You do throw two D two D sixes. Well, that makes it two D six system to me. Right, right. So I think what happens when I when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about maybe there's one game that I truly like, but with all, it's just in dice mechanics, just the dice systems caused me to think, well, we were talking about systems. I was like, well, I really like, I really like Tales from the Loop. But there's so many other things to consider when I'm trying to choose a system that I like. I think it comes from the fact that we play a lot of different games with right. different systems. Whereas if, if you're the person that only plays, has only ever played D&D, that's going to be your favorite system. It would be easy for you to de- say what your favorite system is, right? Right. Or if you only played Savage Worlds or you only played... Or even if you only played like two or three games. Right. You could pick one. Right. But since Sal makes me play <laughs> all different kinds I of games. I make her play. Yes. I think that's my problem. I don't think it's a problem. Uh, but I don't think it's a problem. I think I do enjoy different game systems. They represent a different way of looking at role-playing games. And it also makes it a different, it, depending on the game you're playing, you can find the good and the fun part of each system, right? What a dice pool system is different from rolling the different polyhedral dice or... right. 
or why 2d6 is okay where you don't have to play you're not going to kill your character as you're making him because it's not traveler you can play <laughs> other 2d6 systems right right and uh, and all that deals with probability and statistics and that's i've said it before that is nothing that really concerns me too much <laughs> but it is important because it tells you as a player and as a gm how hard it is to succeed and or how easy it is to succeed and it, it, that tells you what kind of game it is so like for example feng shui is over the top you're doing crazy amazing things and so this d6 these two d6 that oppose each other works fabulously and because every once in a while you're just gonna like do really good and sometimes you're just gonna biff it right and that's but that, that, that makes that the fun. that's fun in that game right I right. want to run up that wall. And you sometimes you make it. <laughs> sometimes you don't. And sometimes you don't. And then you just got to depend on your other players to figure out how to save you. To pick up your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a favorite gaming system. I do like different gaming systems for different reasons. So there you go. This Good luck on this, on whatever gaming system you like is the right one for you. And it's always good to try different ones. I believe that is true. You should try different games. Even if it's something that you may not like, just go and play it. Try it at a convention. Play it, play it at a at a game store if they have games available. I think it's, I think it's worthwhile to try different games and see how different me game mechanics can change the feel of the game. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Julian. And you have a good day.